Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Colt Sure podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Christian, and as always, thank you so much for joining us, whether you're a new listener, an old listener, or you're not even listening at all. Thank you for uh, getting the play count up. You know, that's cool and shit. Uh, if you're new here, we're a podcast that we one-on-one interviews with anyone in the creative world, whether it's art, music, movies, photography, dancing, whatever have you. If you or anyone you know are in the creative worlds and do shit like that, hit me up if you want to come on the show and we'll schedule a date, get you on, shoot the shit, and just have fun. So with that out of the way, we're going to get into this week's episode. This week, we are joined by someone who I met on TikTok and very excited to talk to about what they're going to be doing and also because they're a collector and their collection is extensive and amazing. So, without further ado, we are joined by Daryl, also known as Mr. Meat Hook. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Ah, not too bad. Can't complain. Got done the work day, and now I'm doing this. So, this is the fun part of the day. Always the best part of the day. Oh, yeah. So, why don't you give a quick little rundown to everyone listening, just who you are, what you do, and then we'll just start talking about everything. All right. Uh, I'm Daryl. I do TikTok and YouTube. I'm also working on a movie, but we'll be talking about that in a bit. We'll get to that. Uh, been a horror fan for, oh God, um, at least since 1982, probably before that, but I remember Poltergeist first. Also, oh, um, Poltergeist was your first movie that you remember? It's the- it's the first one I remember. Yes. All right. I'm sure I watched more before that, but that's the first one I remember. When you're seven, Poltergeist scares the hell out of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very, you know, memorable at the time. Memorable at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, I love horror movies, especially bad ones. Don't come to me with hereditary. I mean, you want your highbrow horror? Cool. Go for it. That's not for me. I want. Stuff made in people's backyards on a hundred dollars. That's when you find some of the best stuff because it's like sometimes it's so bad it's good, but yep. then sometimes it does truly shock you where it's like, holy shit, this is you know, it's got the campiness to it, but this is actually a good movie. This isn't bad. Right. So Poltergeist is the first one you remember, but when when was it that you really just started getting fixated? on horror and what kind of pushed you towards that so uh in 1982 my parents got cable for the first time and i remember four movies playing all the time it was smoking the bandit three jaws three poltergeist and halloween three and because there was only like three movie channels you didn't have you know 45 hbo's like there is now or I don't even know if cable still exists, how that works. But, you know, for a long time, there was like 45 different HBOs and 45 of each channel. You had one HBO. You had one Cinemax, and that was it. And they just played the same movies all day, and it was those four movies that I remember. And I didn't care about Smoking the Bandit 3. I cared about Halloween 3, Poltergeist, and Jaws 3. So I would say, like, my fixation on horror pretty much started immediately. And that's... And that's a good one, too, because it's Halloween three is one of my favorites. It's I honestly say all the time, I'm like Halloween three's the Halloween I give the shit most about. Of course, the original's great, 
But Halloween three, that movie just Tom Atkins is such a hunk trying to just penetrate anything in that movie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's sitting there on the phone with his wife while flirting with the nurse. And then he's like, Oh, this young girl. Oh, you can't find your dad. You lost your dad. Your dad's dead. Oh, well, I'm daddy now. Let's, let's go grab some beer and I'll make you daddy. <laughs> you can make me daddy that's one of the best lines in that movie is when she's like let's go to the plant i saw my dad's car she's all gung-ho and it's just whoa 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 it's getting late i need a drink sun's still out and everything. Yep. <laughs> oh it's such a I, I, that movie i was introduced to when i was older so seeing that at a younger age i can't even imagine i actually saw halloween three before i ever saw the first one so to this date, it's still my favorite Halloween movie. And I think it's the one that really embraces the Halloween spirit the most. I feel like the other ones could literally take place any other day. But with Halloween 3, Halloween is the crux of the entire movie. Yeah, it's the, the other ones. It's they've made all of them taking place on other days. So, you know, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, it's just a typical kind of people die in slasher movie. But Halloween three with the whole silver shamrock with the commercial. And when you really think about it, you're like, shit, this dude's trying to kill all the kids in the world. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a very messed up concept and yeah, it's got, you know, the, the funny stuff with it, but it's really not that bad of a movie. And the more you think about the idea, it's just, it's messed up. And the more you ignore the plot holes, the better it gets. Oh yeah. <laughs> like the big giveaways at nine o'clock. Nine o'clock what time zone? Yeah. Hey, don't worry about that. Just just watch it at nine o'clock. Yeah, just just nine o'clock. You know, you'll know when to watch it. Yeah, that's that's a very big plot hole I never thought of until now. Holy shit. <laughs> that's <laughs> just imagine being that one kid in the world watching it on, say, like Eastern time. Yeah, and it's like, oh shit, Pacific Standard. Damn it, <laughs> I missed that. I gotta go to bed. Oh, that's too good. I'm gonna watch that yeah. movie in a whole new light now. <laughs> when I mean, um, it's just like with it's just like with Gremlins, you know. Don't feed them after midnight. Midnight what time zone? Yeah, that any movie with a time thing. Now, now I'm gonna look at it a whole new. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, it could literally be midnight three hours from the and they're rushing around trying to get things done before you know, like in some of these movies like Halloween three, it's they're trying to get it done before nine o'clock this time. They could have extra time on their hands and they're sitting there right. running around like crazy. Wow, that's I'm gonna watch movies in a whole new way now. This is terrible. <laughs> terrible <laughs> but funny. <laughs> oh man. So growing up, were you always like just searching out those kind of like hidden relics? Those, I guess you could call them video store gems. Oh yeah. I watched so many movies that were bad movies that I ended up loving because they had great covers. Well, what, what's some examples? Oh God. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin, Uncle <laughs> Sam, Demon Wind, uh, The Dead Pit. Dead Pit, I remember. I remember uh, the one movie that I always was, one of them that I was fixated on at the local video store was always Blood Beach. 
that's such a great movie. It's too bad it's stuck on VHS. Yeah. I, I got a copy at uh, the Mahoning Drive-In VHS Fest. It was a pretty clean copy, too. And I I finally rewatched it because it was one of those, oh, my God, my brother had the poster of this movie. He had a copy of it, but I never watched it. Mm-hmm. And then I popped it on after I bought it because I'm like, I'm, I'm buying this movie and I'm watching it how I should have back in the day. And it's it's one of those just classics that it's like, oh, my God, this is. This is the epitome of horror I love. Mm-hmm. Now, I know talked about it in the beginning, saying you're a collector and all that. When, with all this, did you start collecting movies? Did you start right in the 80s, like as you were really getting into it? Or did that come later oh, no. in life? No, no, no. Collecting in the 80s was ridiculous. Because a lot of people that are younger, like yourself, don't know this, but they didn't sell vhs like to the general public until terminator 2 was coming out oh yeah shit that's before right that, a, before that a vhs tape would run you anywhere between 80 and 120 dollars they didn't price them to sell until they realized hey if we make this dirt cheap we can probably make even more money i always forget that that they cost that much money i have yeah. like a few screeners where it's like you know it says on the back, like a copy's like $90 on it, but that's for the video stores where it's like right. you get the promo items and stuff if you buy multiple copies. But I always forget that the price of VHS, like back in the 80s and stuff, was that high. And it's absolutely crazy to think about because that's pricey now. Back then, that's like. Yeah, it's like triple. Yeah. <laughs> so when did. Yeah, so there was. There was thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on every shelf in a video store. Now I think back to some of the abuse that tapes went through at the video store and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, but if you ruin the tapes, you had to replace them too. So they would charge your credit card 90 bucks or however much it was. Yeah. Oh my God. It's it's crazy to think about because I was born in 93. So it's like I was we had a video store around the corner and I was like always walking up there when I was, you know, like five years old and stuff and going there with my family. So those are my memories with it. And then I was lucky enough that my brother started working there. So I got to hang out in there all the time. So I was, Oh, nice. I was just watching UHF UHF. The first time I ever watched it was in the video store with one of my brother's friends when he was working. But yeah, it's, I always forget those details with it. So when when did the collecting start? Was it when they started becoming more like readily available? I probably started collecting once I was in the Marines and out on my own. So 95-ish, I probably started collecting. And then I had kids, so I had to buy kids' movies because, you know, they don't want to see Friday the 13th. <laughs> The ex-wife doesn't want them to pop that in, thinking they're popping in Blue's Clues. <laughs> so I had to stop collecting for a while, and then I collected again, started collecting again, right around the time that I got separated in 2005. And then in 2010, I moved from Missouri back to California, where I'm originally from. And to help finance that move, I sold off my entire movie collection. And I just actually started collecting again in 2016. 
So that collection that I see on TikTok, that's just from 2016. All 3,019 all 3019 movies. And you keep track too. Holy shit. <laughs> 3,019. Oh my God. And more than 2,100 of them are horror movies. As they should be. Of course. <laughs> now, now, is that across all formats or primarily like Blu-ray, DVD? It's mostly Blu-ray and DVD, but I have VHS. I have some laser discs. I've got uh, maybe 104K. 3,000 movies since then. And I've never stopped like collecting movies. Mainly mm -hmm. DVD and Blu-ray VHS was, you know, more recent. I probably only have like a few hundred <laughs> and you got 3000. Holy shit. And 2100. You said are horror. Yeah. A little over 2100. I don't know. I don't have that exact number, but a little over 2100. Yeah. Don't have the exact number of that, but the exact number of movies is. And that's two it. That's movies. That's not even counting seasons of TV shows. Do you have that number? Uh, 324. Damn. it's i mean i admire the hell out of it though because it's like once i get more space and all that i'd love to build that up because yeah streaming it's cool and all that but i don't know how many times family friends they're going off i went to watch this movie they took it off hulu oh they took it off prime i'm yep. like you know where they didn't take it off of my shelf i'm like and just hand them a copy of it i'm like here put it in and the stuff on our shelf will never be censored. They'll never say, hey, this scene, should we, we shouldn't have made this scene. Let's cut it out. Yeah. Plus the scenes that were cut out, sitting there in the special features and everything. As long as they're not lost. Yeah. Yeah. It's some of them. It's like I've, I just put on a copy of Empire Records, one of my favorite movies, like non-horror movies. And uh, I never watched the deleted scenes in it. And I'm sitting there and I'm like watching these deleted scenes from this movie I've seen since I was a kid. I'm like, oh my God, it's like rediscovering the movie. And there was like some, a plot hole towards the end that was explained. I'm, I just, I couldn't believe it. And I, this is a movie I've had in my collection for, I don't know how many years now. I just, I'm bad right. with, bad with the special features. Sometimes I never really watch them. Some movies I devour them. Some of them I just never touch there's definitely some i have that i'm just like i i don't even want to watch this i'm just happy i have it mm -hmm. so with the collection what's i won't even say one because i know it's hard to pick but like is there like one or a few films in particular that are like prized possessions of the collection whether it's vhs dvd oh, i can tell you exactly what my prized possession is my my grail of my collection is what it's my it? big box. It's my big box VHS of video violence. Very nice. And you're wearing the shirt as well. So uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> didn't plan it out that way. <laughs> it's just what I put on when I got up today. Yeah, and those, it's like, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in and out of the VHS groups on Facebook and all that, but I can't believe the price of some of these. I, I only started collecting maybe like five or so years ago, like VHS. And it's like I remember one my one of my prize tapes is the media release of Killer Clowns from Outer Space, 
you know, okay. the clown hand with spinning earth like a yeah. basketball. I got that for I think it was like twenty five dollars at like a VHS fest. Now I see it going for like close to two hundred, and like I'm just sitting there like, what the hell? Like it's it's weird, like the resurgence of it and video violence, especially like the big box one. Oh my god, that's six hundred to twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, and I it's... didn't pay anywhere near that. You remember what you paid? I paid $107 shipped. Not bad at all. Nope. Especially how much it goes for now. It's mm-hmm. and that's how I look at it. like we were talking haunted ween. I think I paid, I think it was like 90 bucks, and it was a sealed copy f- from the director off his website. Right. You know, of course I cut the cellophane very carefully, popped it open, I put in a protector, but like I watched it a few times and now looking at the price of that tape, it's like, it's insane how they just skyrocket out of nowhere. Yep. The and more I, obscure, the more it's going to go for. Yeah. It's, it's crazy too, because it, it's movies like blood beach, where it's like, they, they might only have a VHS release haunted ween, you know, has one, but some of these movies that are really obscure, like that's the only way to watch them. So it's like, yeah, try and get like a bootleg and stuff. It sucks, but it's these. That's why I wish like these companies would get more their hands on more of these like movies. Yeah, do some more releases. A lot of times, I know, I know with Blood Beach, it's a rights issue. Like, there's been Vinegar Syndrome's been trying to get it for five years. Really? Yeah, it, it, it's a rights issue. There's three different companies contesting the rights to it. Well, that's like I hear with um, always been a fan of Monster Squad. I hear mm-hmm. like Monster Squad's another one of those ones where it's weird where like the rights are because they're like I'm a figure collector and all that as well and stuff. You know, I love mm-hmm. toys and shit. And it's like, give me some Monster Squad figures. Give me something like NECA figures or super seven that like that would be so cool but it's one of those things that they say like yeah they don't know who actually owns the rights to it right which is so crazy like you you would think that the studios would totally you know someone would have some sort of knowledge where the rights to a movie was unless it was something a lot a lot lot smaller mm-hmm. so with this and horror and all that you're also doing stuff in horror and done stuff in horror you're doing you know you have the tiktok you have youtube channel you had other podcasts what um i guess what kind of came first out of everything from the collecting to bringing it into your life even more so okay so the collecting like i said that's been going on since the mid 90s um i started a youtube channel in 2013 so it'll actually be 10 years this month it was actually just to show off of videos of the yard haunt that i used to do for halloween oh all right and then i started buying halloween horror subscription boxes and opening those and then i started reviewing horror movies after that Oh, and is that still what the channel is like for review movies? The, ch- the channel's mostly pretty, it's pretty dead right now. 
I've uploaded, I think, three videos in the last year. Oh, all right. Between TikTok work, having a fiance, I'm just busy. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot easier to upload a one to three minute video on TikTok than it is to record a 15 minute review and then edit it. Oh, yeah. And TikTok, too, like you have you have like a very good following on TikTok and everything and you're very active. So having that YouTube channel and that now, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you would know best more than like I do because I've I've been bad with both. But with TikTok, it seems like it's it's so much easier to get out there more with TikTok now anyway than it is to do like YouTube with the videos and all that. Oh, absolutely. It it what really helped my channel blow up was when I moved from California out to Michigan at the end of 2021. And then we got our place in January 2022. I didn't work for a month and a half. I was just getting all the furniture put together, getting everything set up. And then once I had all the movies up, I started watching people doing TikToks on movies. I was like, oh, there's a following for this. So I started doing them. And then I had one video just blow up and get a million views in like a week. And that's where at least half of my followers came from was from that one video. Do you remember what video it was? It was a video where I was describing what the movie 964 Pinocchio is about. I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> that is a Jap that's a Japanese movie. Um, it's a cyberpunk horror movie about a about an impotent android sex slave that gets thrown out on the street because he's impotent. And then he meets a amnesiac homeless woman who's trying to find him help. Who's trying to help protect him from the company that created him because now that he's effective, they want to destroy him. All right. <laughs> now, is that one that's just on VHS or is that one easy? No, that's, easy? That's, got a, that's got a DVD, but it is out of print and sells for like $100. Shit. <laughs> that, was put, that was put out by Unearthed Films. Oh, all right. Unearthed but last I knew, last I knew, it was on uh, YouTube in its entirety. All right. That, that's one thing that's weird. Like YouTube gets so many random movies in their entirety on there that you wouldn't expect. Like, uh, I think like one of the times we first talked on TikTok was about the bunny game. Mm -hmm. And my coworker watched the bunny game on YouTube. I'm like, how is that on YouTube? I mean, a Serbian it's film weird. used to be on YouTube. Yeah. And my, that's where he watched that too. When I was talking about, it. he's like, "Yeah, watch it on YouTube." I'm like, "Wait, YouTube?" And I remember looking it up, and it was there. I was like, "How do people get blocked for dumb things, but then somehow these make their way through?" I, I will never pretend to even understand how YouTube works when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> because I've had videos get age restricted, which means I'm not going to make a dime off of them. And I don't understand why they're age restricted. And I have other stuff that's full of gore that I'm still making money on. Yeah. I don't know. I once got, I got hit with a copyright claim from YouTube for my own music in my music video for the song. Mm -hmm. it, it makes no sense. When it's stuff like that, I just, yeah, I had one where I was showing off my yard haunt and no music playing at all. None. And it gets hit with the copyright claim. 
their 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 copyright system is broken. So I just disputed it and it went away. Yeah, that, that's one thing that seems to be good. It's like if you dispute, it goes away fast. Because I did that with my video, and for the reason I just put like this is literally my music. I wrote, right. recorded everything, like so that, and they waved it. But it's just. That, that's why it's like kind of TikTok I like because you can just add the music mm -hmm. and you know and use copywritten music and it doesn't matter. So you can use whatever song you're thinking of to spice it up, which is fun because then you can use music you actually enjoy and not some uh, public domain music. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. Right. Like the royalty free music. Yeah, there we go. So you made the channel you got the hit with that video and then you're just like shit I, i'm gonna keep rolling with this yeah and like i go through bouts like right now where i'm just not motivated to do stuff because i just got i'm busy with other stuff or i you know get busy doing other things i lose my motivation like right now i've i've been putting out a video like two two videos a week i just haven't had the motivation but as soon as i get it back i'll probably be doing 10 a day like when i was when I first moved to Michigan, I was putting out literally 50 videos every day. Yeah. Oh, my God. 50? 50. But it was just like, oh, you know, people being like, oh, I bet you don't have X movie. And then I would show it off. And it yeah. would be like a 50, it's like a 15 second video. It's not hard to put out 50, move, 50 videos when you have people constantly commenting saying, I bet you don't have this movie. And then you're <laughs> just proving that you do. They're writing the content for you. You don't even need exactly. to think about what to do a video for. And especially when you have that many movies, it's like, you know, you could do it yeah. 3,019 times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not really, because some of them are multi some movies I have multiple copies of. All right. Like I have like, I think 11 copies of Return of the Living Dead. All different like releases and stuff. I take All different or... releases. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, some have, of them like. Uh, Three copies of Video Violence. I got five or six copies of Nail Gun Massacre. I still gotta watch Nail Gun Massacre. My buddy swears by that movie. With um, with like the movies and everything. Now, should have asked this earlier, but just popped in my head now. Talking about the videos, what is your system? Is it just all alphabetical order, or do you have like by genre or? It's alphabetical by format. All right. So Blu-rays start at A, go to Z. And then I do have my steelbook separate. But then, you know, it's my DVDs, my 4Ks. And then I also have separate uh, everything by Vinegar Syndrome and their partner labels. And then uh, Visual Vengeance. But everything else, it's all by format. All alphabetical. Right. That's good. That keeps it like nice and uniform and stuff too. It makes it look pleasing to the eye. And, yeah. But yet easy to find everything. That's cool. So after the TikTok, like when did uh you said you did some podcasts? What um what were the podcasts you were doing? The podcasts were during my YouTube era. I did one for a while that was just a movie one. I want to say we did around 50 episodes that was called saturday night at the movies um every movie except for one that i because there was three of us it was just two horror fans and then a, a b-movie actress but it was just the three of us and we rotated when we each pick a movie every week 
And every time I had to pick a movie, it was always a horror movie, except for once when I chose Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's a good exception, though. Very it is good a exception. great exception, yes. And then um, for a while, my cousin, who's a filmmaker, my fiance and myself did a podcast. It didn't last long. Uh, we just, between my, my moving and then my cousin being busy with movies, because he started it during the pandemic when he wasn't working. Yeah. So then once, you know, everything started opening back up and he got back to work, he didn't really have the time. And it's just, I'm as you know, a podcast is a lot of work. Oh, yeah. And My that one was called, sorry, that one was called the Super okay. Spoopy Podcast. That's spoopy with a with two Ps, not <laughs> spooky. <laughs> yeah. And that was, it wasn't just horror movies. It was uh, like creepy pastas. We did stuff on uh, accidents at uh, haunted attractions and stuff like that. Wow. That's something like interesting that I never really think of accidents at haunted attractions. Yeah. That's it with all the dark rooms and all that it's like there's so much room that for shit that could go wrong but you never really think of that so that's it's pretty interesting is that up anywhere still uh they're both as far as i know still up everywhere cool i have to check that out because that's that's something that sounds like creepy pastas you know it's one thing and all that but actual accidents at haunted attractions that that sounds like it could be creepy like yeah, in its then- own way we tried to make it for the most part so it was never just about the horror movie. Sometimes it was. It really depended on how much time we had to prep between episodes. But um, like one time we we did our ranking of the Friday the 13th films. Um, we did a uh, we did an interview when we covered Chillerama. We did an interview with Richard Reilly, who's in Chillerama. But yeah, we tried to just change things up. We did uh, an episode on, not an episode, but a, a segment on Typhoid Mary. So yeah, we just tried to, it was, there was always horror movie stuff in it, but we tried to have other stuff in it as well to just try to separate ourselves from the pack. Yeah, that's the thing. It's with podcasts. There's so many podcasts out there and with horror being like, horror being like at its peak, I feel when it just keeps going and growing mm-hmm. and so many more people are like open to and accepting a horror movies. Now it's, it's so much more popular. It seems like everyone's doing stuff with horror. So that's, that's a cool way to kind of keep it fresh and stuff and put your own spin on things with like bringing in the haunted attractions and all that. And yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a good idea. I, I got to listen to, them. I'm excited. I'm, I'm so bad with listening to podcasts. So Maybe if maybe knowing that it's a different thing, because it's I I start to get bored of them. I'm like, how many times can I listen to dudes talk about wrestling figures, a, like in a month? Right. <laughs> so it's I I take breaks from podcasts. I always I'm always looking for new ones. So that's cool. Now with um, you also did voice acting. I believe it said on your TikTok page, right? I've done one piece of voice acting so far, and then I have an, uh, a voice acting gig in an upcoming horror film. Now, what's the upcoming horror film? The upcoming horror film is a film that's going to be filmed in Oklahoma. I'm doing my part remote because it's just voice oh. acting, but it's filmed in Oklahoma, and it's called uh, Blood Red Riverbed. 
All right. I had to ask because I thought you were going to say Carousel 3. Just because that was another wish. (laughs) Well, my buddy Billy is going to be, he did some voice acting for Carousel 3. And that's how I found out how there was a Carousel 2. And then going to be a Carousel 3. And I couldn't believe it. And that's, (coughs) sorry. And that's, you know, when I started finding out about shit and then I saw your post about Carousel I'm like, no way. So that's why I want to have you on. I thought maybe the voice acting was with that, but I wish so much. <laughs> so what's what's this movie? Are you allowed to talk about it or um I can only say so much. Yeah. So I play LG, who's a DJ, and LG is absolutely based off of LG and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I was about to ask. Yes. Yes. <laughs> in Hell fact, yeah. because it, in fact, the station that I work for is KOKLA. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yes, I'm already in. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I don't want to say too much because I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly how much I can say, especially since I've seen the entire script. Right, um. Well, the, is there anywhere where um? Like anyone could keep up with it, like follow your page or just any other. Uh, if you're on Facebook, there is a group for uh, Blood Red Riverbed. All right. So Blood Red Riverbed on fa- Facebook. Yes. All right. Yeah. I don't want you to, I don't want you to say too much and get in trouble, but Blood Red R- right. Riverbed on Facebook and you could keep up with it. So a movie that you might be able to talk a little bit about though is stoner snake stoner snake with five s's but it's only pronounced stoner snake (laughs) that's one thing because it's a snake that's i was wondering if it was stoner snake or just straight up stoner snake it originally was stoner snake but that's just a mouthful yeah so i just kept the five s's there as a tribute to the 1972 horror films which is about snakes i haven't seen that one oh my god (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so it, the title is a tribute to that, but it's also, as I'm sure you know, it's a play on Cocaine Bear. Yes, <laughs> which which the, was the a pretty good movie. Even, I mean, yeah, it was fine. I I definitely liked it, but what I what I wanted was less story and more batshit crazy bear attack scenes. The scenes they did have were great, but I agree. Like, I wish there was, I wish there was a lot more coked up bear killings. Yeah. But I did enjoy the movie. I just, it wasn't exactly what I was hoping for from it. The, I, the thing that cracked me up the most with that movie though, was at the end, just a loving memory of Ray Liotta. I'm like, this is how he went out. That was his last movie. I'm like, man, what a career. <laughs> Who would have from thought good, that would have been good, from good fellas to cocaine bear. <laughs> it's, it's so different yet. So similar. It's, it's amazing. So with stoner snake, I know you don't want to give too much about it away, but whatever you're willing to talk to talk about, I'm all ears. All right. So it is first off, it's a, backyard movie that's a tribute to the backyard movies that i love it's going to be terrible 
Most people are probably going to hate it. It's probably going to have a terrible rating at IMDb, and I don't care. Because it's made for a specific audience. I mean, obviously, I want as many people as possible to see it. Yeah. But it's made for people that like really low-budget, really bad horror movies. We're talking like, you know, Mark Polonia, Todd Sheets, people like that. All right. So, oh, go ahead. Okay, so um, the movie is about Golimar, who is an alien snake from the planet Scumdogia, which, fun fact, that's the same planet that in, st- in story Guar is from. I was about to say, is that like to in honor of Guar? Yes, uh, in fact, I've decided uh, just in the last couple of days that he's stuck on Earth and has been stuck here ever since Odorous died. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> and because he's an alien, uh, he's slithering through the woods one day because he's a snake still. And uh, he comes across a guy who blows weed smoke in the snake's face and uh, mutates his DNA. And now he can change species of snakes. He might even possibly be able to change just what he is in general and not be a snake anymore. You know, I still fleshing out the script. I'm still working on that. So there's a lot of ideas. Some I may not use, some I may. But uh, yeah, it mutates his DNA and he goes on an absolute killing spree and they're all going to be stupid and terrible deaths. Like the first one, I'll go ahead and tell you the first one happens within the first two minutes of the movie and it's a terrible CGI blood explosion. A blunt explosion? Blood. Oh, blood explosion. Like just just exploding into blood. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) I'm picturing it now. Just the snake slithered up that just... Oh, that's... This is my type of movie. I'm sold. (laughs) So it's just going to be complete, just completely outrageous. And oh, yeah, I I take it you're going to you're going to factor in what you wish Cocaine Bear had all just extreme outrageous deaths. That's going to be. Oh, my God. Now, you said your cousin's a filmmaker. Correct. Is he helping out with it or is this all you doing it? I mean, he's in California. I'm in Michigan. So, like, I've sent him the script just to make sure it's formatted correctly because I'm kind of a perfectionist like that. Like, the script for Blood River Red that I got, not professionally formatted. And I'm like, okay. But, yeah, it's professionally formatted. And, I'm, you know, I ask him, hey, does this go here or here? And he gives me pointers. And he read the first few pages. He's like, it looks funny. I want to see it. <laughs> That's good. Oh, but that's pretty much all like that's pretty much all of his involvement unless he chooses to come out and want to be in it, in which case he's absolutely invited to do so. I mean, what what's California to Missouri? That's you know, it's no Michigan. time at all. Michigan, sorry. Michigan. That's even worse. <laughs> I, I I always mix up the M's. I'll probably say Montana at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as you I don't mean, say Mississippi. Yeah. I, who wants to say that word? It's too much work. Right. It could be funny, though, with all the S's in it for Stoner Snake. I'm just saying. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> but no, it, it takes place in the city that I live in. That's cool. 
And to my knowledge, it's the only movie that's ever been filmed here. That's even cooler. I could very well be wrong. I haven't really researched that. But to my knowledge, there's never been a movie filmed here. All right. It's a good way to market it to the people there, too, to let you film places and stuff. Be like, listen, we're making history. See, I got so, lucky with one location. One of the location will be in the local comic shop because my daughter works there. There you go. Plus spots like that, too. They're usually pretty cool anyway. Yeah. But it's even better that she works there. So that's good. Now, um, with it, you're you said that you're still like fleshing out the script and everything. Yeah. And all right. When you uh when you plan to start getting into like pre-production, all that and start like really like active pre-production will probably be we're get, I'm getting married in October. So probably immediately after that. All right. And your fiance is all on board for this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, that's a good fiance. Yep. <laughs> it, with it, like, are you playing to um, is it going to be like smaller cast and all that? Or do you have like a decent amount of people that you've talked to that are willing to help out? I've got people that are willing to do. Uh, I haven't really talked to anybody about locally, but I've got like friends online that are willing to do remote roles. All right like newscasts or bloggers or whatever, talking about the attack going on in Battle Creek. <laughs> the, the stoner snake of Battle Creek. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's, it, these are the type of movies I live for. It's like you usually always find them like randomly. Like I, I forget what company did it, but I bought a Weed Wolf. That was Wild Eye. Wild Eye. There we go. Yeah, because uh, Carousel stuff, they were running like a sale or something mm-hmm. like like during the holidays or something. I just bought like a box of movies and uh, it's like usually you got to search those movies out. But it's like I'm happy to be like when this comes out, I'm going to be like, I was talking to him about this snake. <laughs> yeah, like I've got a lot of friends that are micro budget filmmakers. So I know a lot of movies because they're always talking about not just theirs, but other ones they love. Yeah, it's it's good to like with today's technology and internet and all that. It's cool too because you you could get in contact with so many of them as well with Mm -hmm. any little questions stuff. And for the most part, like every independent like filmmaker I've talked to, it has just been like cool as shit. Yeah, and you know they're just they're all about making it happen, and that it seems like all of them are always working with others as well and networking. Mm -hmm. So it's cool. Yep, yep. Especially with all of uh this shit going on with like Hollywood and stuff with all the yep. and it, I feel like I'm like, no, this is this is good for the indie people that aren't even a part of that shit. Like Absolutely. So it's perfect time for movies like Stoner Snake and Carousel Three and Psycho Eight Two. Which one? Psycho Eight Two. I haven't seen Psycho Eight One. Oh, I highly recommend it. It's good? Oh, yeah. It's got uh, Bill Whedon from uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. All right. He's the villain in that. And then it's also got uh, Kansas Bowling, who did... Oh, B.C. Uh, Butcher. She... Yeah, B.C. Butcher, yes. Yeah. she. Um... Yeah, she's, she's the main character of that. Oh, all right. Yeah, I have, um, I have a copy of B.C. Butcher. I remember 
like on Instagram, I was coming back from New York on the train and randomly somehow found her on Instagram and saw that and started like messaging her just bullshitting about it, mm-hmm. which it's weird consider, you know, was in once upon a time in Hollywood and doing a bunch of other stuff now. So that's, it's cool. That, that movie's fun. BC butcher. I actually haven't seen it, but I definitely know about it. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good one. I got it from a trauma booth, I believe. Okay. Yeah. It's, you know, they always run like, five movies get the sixth free so you spend like 60 70 bucks and get this stack of movies and lloyd kaufman signs all of them Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm trying to think what was oh uh grandma i support like did the um kickstarter for i love that terrible movie yeah you've watched it oh yeah they sent like i got the link and all that for doing the um indiegogo kickstarter whatever Mm -hmm. the crowdfunding thing was but i went i was gonna watch it but i'm like ah i ordered the vhs i'll watch it on vhs when i get it i've been holding off but i don't know i'm starting to get antsy and i just really want to watch it because it seems like it's gonna be amazing (laughs) no i like i you know i I always tell people i love bad movies and when i say i love this that terrible movie it's terrible Anytime I say I love that terrible movie, it's a terrible movie and will not appeal to most people. Really? I just like watching movies where you can tell the people are having fun. Those movies are the best. That's like it. Clearly everyone on the set of it. It's like some movies watch are like this. This movie must have been such a pain in the ass to make. It must have been Mm -hmm. grueling. But the ones where it's like watch it like you know, like Carousel and all that. I'm like, that looks like a fun movie to make. (laughs) Apparently there was one scene where Steve was absolutely miserable the entire time. I know he didn't want to be the, uh, he didn't want to be the delivery guy. Right. But then once they said, oh, you're playing him. He was like, yeah, I'm playing him. And now look at him. (laughs) And he owns that role. He's amazing. <laughs> He's the best part of the movie besides Duke. Yeah. Duke is. I, I didn't know what to expect with part two. And then I watched part two. I'm like, what the fuck? It's and that was a whole different movie. I am. Um, like I had him on and everything on the pod and we were talking about it and I made sure I was like, let me like, I'm watching part two before you come on and we can talk about him. And then part three. And I, he was saying, he's like, part three is going to be totally different and it's going to be beautiful. He's like, and he's like, I, it gets emotional. I'm like, what do you mean? Gets emotional. <laughs> yeah. I, that's one of my most anticipated upcoming movies. Same here. It's that's between that and uh, that Psycho 8 2 and Bathtub Shark Attack are my most anticipated movies that I haven't seen yet. Bathtub Shark Attack, Bathtub Shark Attack, the world's first shot on video shark movie. Oh my god, yes, a shot on video horror movie from 2023. And it's a bathtub shark, and it's a bathtub shark. Holy shit. 
See, and it's got uh, two of the people in it that I know from other movies are Lynn Lowry. I forget what she's in. Oh, she was in. Uh, oh, what the fuck was it? The Woman. I think she was in The Woman, and then uh, Drew Marvick, who wrote and directed uh, Pool Party, or yeah, Pool Party Massacre. That's another one I haven't seen, but like it, all the advertisements and like the cover and everything, it looked amazing. That's a great time. It is. See, I I gotta step up my game because I find myself. I don't know if you do the same thing with all these movies you you have knowledge of and that you have in your collection. Do you still find yourself sometimes watching the same shit? Like, why am I oh, watching this? Yeah, all right. absolutely. I'll be like, I'm looking through because I've got like 500 movies I haven't seen yet. Yeah, and I'll be looking. I'm like, oh, do I want to watch this? I'm like, ah, fuck it. Throw in Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> It's like that's what I do. I like I tried to make it a point. I'm like, I want to watch at least like two new movies every week mm-hmm. that I haven't seen. Cause there's at work I got yelled at because you know, I, I bring in all these I tell them about the bunny game, I tell them about you know, haunted ween, all these weird fucking movies. They and they watch them and they're like, dude, what the hell was even that? <laughs> and then they're like Oh yeah, so the new Indiana Jones is coming out. You gonna see it? I'm like, I have, I've never watched Indiana Jones. What do you mean you never watched an Indiana Jones? And when I could tell they're agitated, that's when my smart ass self comes out. I'm just like, I don't watch cowboy movies. And everyone's <laughs> face just drops. And like, what do you mean a cowboy movie? He's an adventurer. I'm like, he's got a hat and a lasso. He's a cowboy. <laughs> So I watch it. I'll, I I watched like the first Indiana Jones. I go to work. I'm like, yeah, it was pretty good. I'm like the ending. I wasn't expecting like that with the effects. It was really good. But what was that animal that he was riding? Oh, a horse. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> but it happened this week. My boss. Who's your favorite James Bond? And I'm like, I don't watch businessman movies. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean businessman? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, like the closest I get is Austin Powers. So I'm like, James Bond is just not really my cup of tea. Like, I never had a want to watch him, but like, there, there's movies I'm starting to try and go to that are class, like Goodfellas, for example. Mm-hmm. I, I watched that for the first time a few months ago because I was never okay. really into like mob movies and all that. And, you know, it was like I watched it. I'm like, no, this is this is absolutely amazing. This movie's great. And I loved it. Fun fact, I just watched Goodfellas for the first time like two weeks ago. So we're in the same boat. Because I get like you. I don't like mob movies. Yeah. It's but like then I watched it. I'm like, all right, that was awesome. I I'm glad yeah. I watched that. I'm glad I experienced it. We're like Indiana Jones, I'm like, it was good. But I'm like, I didn't care to go and watch all the sequels right after it. Right. You know, it's it's just it wasn't my wasn't my wheelhouse. Now, you had me on Sunday watch start watching Twisted Metal, and I binged that whole damn series because I was just sucked into it. Oh, it's a series? I thought it was gonna be a movie. It's a series. It's on a uh, Peacock. It's was it ten episodes and they're like a half hour a piece. I loved it. I highly recommend it. If you watch it and don't like it, you didn't hear it from me. 
Well, my source of Peacock, uh, they can't afford it anymore, so I don't have Peacock right now. Ah, I had to, I had to buy it because uh, Comcast doesn't give you it for free anymore. So I'm like, oh, this and is that's, stupid. That's why they don't have it anymore. <laughs> it's stupid because uh, I went to watch like a wrestling pay per view. One night, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not watching the pay-per-view for free tonight. Shit. But, well, I'm sure I'm not spending $50 on it. Yeah, definitely not spending $50 on a WWE pay-per-view. I watched them when I could get them for free. Yep. <laughs> but Twisted Metal, Twisted Metal was one that I'm like, I might rewatch that whole series again before the weekends. Because it was like perfect balance of everything. Like the comedy, the story was great, and of course it's it's twisted metal. Seeing the cars live action, holy shit! And then Perfect. Samoa Joe is sweet tooth. Yeah, Samoa Joe sweet tooth, which uh, Will Will Arnett does the voice, but Samoa Joe's like actual sweet tooth, which okay. I I wonder how he would have done doing the voice as well, but. Just some of the body, like the body movements and the voice, he does everything to a T. And some of the shit he says and he's doing, I try and picture him without the mask and just picture Samoa Joe's face and him doing <laughs> it because it makes it that much funnier. But it's oh, it's it's so cool the way they did it, and when you like when you get a chance to watch it, like. You know, whenever you get your hands on Peacock, the last the last episode there is a mid credit scene. Okay. So, and anyone listening, mid credit scene at Twisted Metal if you haven't watched it yet. But it's the way they go into like each character's backstory and all that. Like for only having so much kind of you know material to go off of, I think they did great. Awesome. Highly recommend. Now, with the shitty movies and all that, mm-hmm. I, I need to know some more that you love. Because it's, I love. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever seen a movie called The Backwoods Marcy? I've heard of it. I might possibly own it, but I've never seen it. Highly recommend. That was shot here in uh, Jersey. The director, he um, he's cool as hell. Uh, Dave uh, Castleon, Cas- I don't know how to say his last name. I'm Polish and it sounds Italian, but um, he made it here and everything. They played it at the first VHS Fest. I fell asleep because it was in between Hackleanard and Blood Diner. Okay, and I had to drive home after Blood Diner, so it was like two and a half hour drive. So I knew I was gonna be like passing out if I didn't nap a little. My buddy busted open the door as I was sleeping. He's like, this was the greatest thing I've ever seen. The director's in there. Got to meet him. I got so pissed I didn't get the special VHS that I found the copy on eBay and just bought it for like 60, 70 bucks. Oh, wow. Following year, I go back there and it was uh, like Saturn's core like release. Mm -hmm. And uh, I go back there the following year. He's there. I tell him the story. I show him the eBay sold listing. And he just starts cracking up because he has one on the table for 20 bucks. Like the same release and everything. But it's 
it was worth every penny to go back and rewatch it since I was passed out, and I highly recommend it. So I just looked at my Saturn's core releases, and I don't have it. Oh shit! I know the um the DVD. Like I, th- I think they just actually did release a Blu-ray too. It, it's definitely one that you know it's obtainable. It's still in print. Okay. But what uh, what is? I'll have, to, I'll have to look for it next time I uh, next time I go, uh, next time I make a purchase at Vinegar Syndrome. Oh, definitely. It's it's a good one. Some more shitty movies that I love. Okay. Um, I mean, I I wouldn't be able to forget, forgive myself if I didn't mention Suburban Sasquatch. Suburban Sasquatch. It was made for $550 in the backwoods of Pennsylvania. Oh, no. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. It's got some of the worst CGI you've ever seen. And it's glorious. Oh my god. Suburban one Sasquatch. Of, suburban Sasquatch. One of the actors is so wooden in their acting that I was shocked when I discovered that they were not actually a tree. Really? Yes. Like we're talking worse <laughs> than to- we're talking worse than Tom Welling in the Fog remake. Oh my god. So that's one I gotta check out now. Because I guess <laughs> mainly because of this acting. But that sounds amazing. Also, because it's Pennsylvania, so that's pretty cool. Oh, there's so many great filmmakers in Pennsylvania, though. Oh, yeah. That's Steve, for example. Yeah, you got Steve, you got Madeline Deering, you got the Polonia, or Mark Polonia and his son, Anthony Polonia. You got uh, the Gross Brothers. How they even have their own festival there called Gross Fest. Oh, I never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. But- I- that might even be this weekend. I'm not sure. Holy shit. I know Monster Mania is this weekend. My friends asked if I was going. I'm like, nah, I'm not spending the money. It, those things, once in a blue moon, they're nice, but they they just get to be too much money, those conventions. <laughs> yeah, especially since I'll go. Like when I went to I went to Texas Frightmare Weekend in 2018. And I was like, okay, I'm going to meet this celebrity, meet this celebrity, meet this celebrity. I met three and spent the other $1,200 on movies. Yeah. That's, <laughs> the vendors are the worst part sometimes. I mean, especially because there was a Severn booth. There was an Arrow booth. There was a Vinegar Syndrome booth. Wild Eye. Uh, un, uh, Unearthed. They were all there. So, yeah, I... I literally had to fill my carry-on with movies. I did that in Texas with WrestleCon. I had my whole list of people to meet, but then out of nowhere, I'm buying this figure, that figure, getting them autographed. I'm like, shit, I brought a whole big luggage bag that was filled with figures that even my carry-on. I'm sitting there with some like wrestling figures poking out of it. Wearing five shirts because you can't fit them in the suitcase. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it, it was terrible. I was like, and then also hit Bucky's. So I had beaver nuggets packing everything. Like it was, it was fun. But yeah, the, the cost though just added up. That's same thing with the horror conventions. It's like you yep. start hitting those tables and it's just, it sucks. And then you start 
directors, the people that, you know, like the independent filmmakers, the horror authors, you start talking mm-hmm. to them, they're cool, and you're not going to walk away and not buy some things. And it's like, right. there's another that's, 20 to 30. <laughs> like That's how I ended up with Circus of the Dead. Really? Yeah. I was talking to Billy Pond at his table, and next thing you know, I've been there for 20 minutes. I'm like, fuck, I better buy this guy's movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's and a, I have no regrets, because that's a great movie. I don't know if I have Circus of the Dead. I have Clown of the Dead. <laughs> nope, not not Clown of the Dead. This is about clowns. All right, yeah, I have I have Clown of the Dead, Clown NATO, Clown Fear, Clown. I love clowns. So you know, it's... I went to the, you know, I was at the world premiere of Clown NATO. Really? Yes. Holy shit! When Todd uh, went live with the Indiegogo on that. I was the first person to donate. I Todd Sheets is my favorite filmmaker. All right. So when he did the, you know, when Clownado went live, I was like, first one on. And then he happened to come out to California where I was living at the time for the world premiere. So I took a train four fucking hours to Hollywood to go to the premiere. Because I was not going to drive in, in fucking LA traffic. Fuck that. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. The, well, I, I've never been to a premiere like that. Like, how much fun is it? Oh, it's so fun. Because, like, I, I, every subsequent watching, I'm like, wow, this movie's not as good as I remember. Because, <laughs> you know, you're there with, like, practically the whole cast. Yeah. I think just about everybody was there except for Linnea. Oh, man. That's, I mean, that's still good though, considering that. Yeah. Shit. And most of them were flying out from Kansas City. Huh. Now, when you do, uh, now when you make Stoner Snake and you have a premiere, mm-hmm. let me know. I will fly out to it. Okay. <laughs> that would be awesome to, to go see a premiere of a, like, of your movie and everything. Cause I, I've never been the one in general. So if it's someone that, you know, actually got to sit down and talk with and all that and hear, hear the start of it. Oh, that would be so yeah. cool. So and I'll, I'll, say, I'll give you a quick little bit on how the movie started. It literally started as a joke. With Stoner Snake? But yeah. Stoner Snake literally started as a joke. Uh, myself and one of my employees were talking about cocaine bear and he's like, and then we had uh, noticed that uh, attack of the meth gator was coming soon so we started just making jokes and he says stoner snake i was like i'm gonna make that fucking movie i was like <laughs> but it's gonna be but it's gonna be stoner snake with five s's <laughs> i forget my brother and i we were going off because i i feel like a lot of people at that time were just like make it all oh, what's coming next you know like meth gator what's coming what, what's the next crystal crystal meth kangaroo stuff like that we there was a couple we said that was like i i think i said it wasn't stoner snake but it was acid anaconda i think was mine (laughs) i was like imagine a snake on hallucinogens or no or was acid it was acid anaconda that i might have said like acid aardvark or something (laughs) i I know it was acid and it's just a specific specific animal 
And then since then, the same guy has made three different crack movies. Has he really? Yeah, not the same guy that made Cocaine Bear, but one filmmaker has made yeah. three crack movies. He's made uh, Crackoon, Crocodile, and the upcoming Crack Squatch. I'm amazed, <laughs> not just by the content, you know, the movies write themselves at that point, but the fact that he made all of those since the release of Cocaine Bear, it's, what, has he even been a year since the movie was I out? Mean, some of these guys pump out a dozen movies a year. It's it's like, I don't know uh, if you're familiar with the band King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, no. but they... um. They're like a psych rock like kind of band, newer band okay. from uh I think Australia. The one year I think they released like five or six albums, like full-length albums. And I sit there, I'm like, how the hell do you do it? How do you have the time like to make it all work? But some people just have that drive, and yep. I need to figure out how to do it. <laughs> now I gotta ask, because okay your knowledgeable movies it's more of a it's a what the fuck movie but it's a little more well known i feel like you might have made a post about it before but have you ever seen joe castro's terror tunes i helped finance terror tunes three i helped finance four nice oh. my i my friend was at monster palooza this weekend and couldn't find joe four is the only one i don't own Oh, we couldn't shit. find we couldn't find Joe's table. He was gonna grab four on Blu-ray for me. Ah, oh, I um, because I had one and two. I have the VHS one that had the DVD of one and two, but with part four, they had like the quadrilogy box set, right? And I'm like, ah, oh, screw it. I'll just get the badass box set of all of them. Mm -hmm. But that movie's one of the ones like as a kid that the cover was like embedded into my brain. And when you flip it over and you see like the spine getting mm -hmm. ripped out on the back cover, like that was embedded in my brain as a kid to the point of like, I wouldn't sleep on my stomach because I didn't even watch the movie. I thought my spine was going to get ripped out, <laughs> but I write my music and art and everything like primarily my music, my one man band project is called terror tunes after okay. that movie and the ode to that movie so it's it's always fun like i've had random people come up to me they're like have you ever seen the movie i'm like yes i'm like of course i've seen the movie that's where the name came from but it's i always have to ask people that are big horror heads if they've uh if they've seen it oh there it is yes both the american and the british release that's awesome. And that movie, it's like I, I've seen one and two. I still haven't seen part three, but that's only because like part three, I've, it was weird. Like I kept forgetting it came out and stuff because I'm so bad with like keeping on with movies. And then when they announced four with the box, I'm like, all right, I'll watch part three. I'm going to marathon all four of them back to back. Like once I get the box set. So I'm excited yeah. to see three, but one is just like everyone I show it to. I'm like, it's exactly what the title says. 
Yeah. Terror 2. I'm like, you aren't going to see anything like this movie. And just between the music and the green screen, it's to me, it's one of those beautifully bad movies because it's, you know, you got the acting between, you know, all these porn actresses and stuff. Mm -hmm. Beverly Lynn and Lizzie Borden. Yeah. But then you just, you have the special effects of Joe Castro that are absolutely insane. Like that dude's special effects, I feel like are something you don't see too too often. Some of the shit he does, because he's not afraid to do what he wants. Yes, and he won't work on a film unless the director says, "Do what you want." Yeah, and I saw an interview with him that like he's one that he works on like a handful of projects at a time, yeah. as well. It's like, I, I can't imagine that. Oh, where's this arm going? Oh, it's going to this movie. <laughs> where's this he, was actually at, he was actually at the premiere of uh, Terror Tunes also. I'm sorry. Uh, not of Terror Tunes. Of Clownado. Clownado? Oh, wow. Yeah, he was there. And no, what's cool is we were outside waiting because it was a 9 p.m. screen. He walks up to me like 8.30. He's like, Daryl, right? <laughs> so that was, that was pretty awesome because I love Joe. He's one that like... I would I would love to sit down and talk to and like interview and also just to meet him just for creating that movie. But yeah. it's like I won't lie, at the same time, I'm a little worried because I'm like, hey man, is it okay that I pay out to you? Is it okay that I kiss your toes like with this band name? Right. Cause it's one of those things you never know how they're gonna react. I'm like, ah. And then I've heard Joe's. I I know he appreciates praise, but he doesn't take criticism very well. All right. Well, I yeah, he uh, one of the podcasts that I listened to, my favorite one, No Budget Nightmares. They reviewed uh, the Summer of Massacre and Terror Tunes, and tore both of them up. And Joe went on a fucking tear. So yeah, he uh, doesn't take criticism well. Well, I love Joe, but but I mean, if you're making movies, you have to be able to take the criticism. Oh yeah, goes with anything. You gotta be able to take the criticism. Yep. But with him, though, I'm like, oh no, it would be all praise. I'm like, I absolutely, I love that movie, and I'm like, everything, like anything I see him post, like special effects wise and stuff. I'm just like, I I don't know too many names of people that do special effects. He's one of the only names I know. Like I'm I'm bad when it comes to like directors, all stuff like that. Trying to get mm-hmm. better. But yeah, he's one that I actually pay mind to his name and everything. So I I, w- I would give him nothing but praise. I'll I'll butter him up if I ever yeah. meet him. <laughs> I would just be like, oh, by the way, it's okay if that I'm paying O to you with my band. <laughs> We don't sing about your movies, but you know, it's, not, it's definitely <laughs> named after one. It's definitely named after one. <sighs> All right, Daryl. I don't know if there's anything else, uh, anything else you want to talk about with, with um, Stoner Snake or anything. I mean, if you want, I can give you a list of some more bad movies that you and your viewers should be watching. Oh, I mean, I'm always down for, <laughs> for a list of more bad movies. I'll just go uh, 
rattle some off real quick. We got, of, of course, Carousel. Fucking, if you haven't watched Carousel, drop what the fuck you're doing and watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, listen to this podcast as you're loading it up. <laughs> watch it on stevebuster.com. Yes. <laughs> or buy the Blu ray and support him that way, too. Uh huh. That works just as well. But gotta watch House Shark. House Shark. All right. It's, it's about a, a shark that's confined in, inside a house. Jesus. <laughs> Spirit Animal, which is a, a slasher movie that's shot on video and was released in 2020. If you want something just absolutely fucking outrageous and you're like, how did this get made? Watch Amityville Vibrator. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I swear I learn a new Amityville movie every single day. I mean, there's there's at least 50 of them at this point. And I mean, literally at least 50. Oh, yeah. And let's see. We'll wrap up with... <clears throat> watch Jack Frost. I mean, it's it's not even Christmas. It's not even close to Christmas. It's not even that low budget, but I fucking love that terrible movie. That movie is... But that. That bathtub scene is yeah that pretty fucking frightening. Well. It's pretty yeah. frightening. It's uh, there's one kind of scene that messes me up in movies. Now, the, when you were rattling off the bad movies, I thought of something I wanted to ask because we mentioned like Serbian film and Bunny Game mm-hmm. and all that. You know, you you love the campy like bad movies, all stuff like that. Now, where do you ex- where do you stand when it comes to like the extreme kind of Serbian film, American guinea pig, like those types uh-huh. of movies? I'm still waiting for a movie that breaks me. All right. I mean, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm fucking badass edgelord. Not just like I've seen some crazy shit, and yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen some fucked up shit, but nothing that was to the point where I was like, okay, I'm turning this off. Yeah. Yeah, you've made it. Just it. Has, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, th- there's. And this... I've seen. I've sat through the August Underground movies, and after those, I took a shower. But they didn't break me. I was just talking to my buddy about because I haven't seen them. And he's like, yeah, he's like, they're definitely fucked up. And he's like, I don't yeah. care that he had them in his collection. He sold them because how much like the copies go for before unearthed, you know, announced like the re-releases the, and stuff. The Blu-rays, yeah. yeah. But, um, like, I haven't watched those, but, like, I have, like, American Giddy Pig, Bouquet of Blood, uh, Guts and, uh, Bouquet of Guts and Gore. I always mess mm-hmm. up the title. But it's, like, that one, I'm, I always tell people, I'm, like, it's two chicks getting dismembered for an hour and a half. Literally. I'm, like, the effects, I'm, like, the effects are literally a work of art. They're absolutely amazing. That I've, is Marcus Coke effects. M- Marcus... K-O-C-H, Coke. All right. That's the same guy that that wrote, directed, and and did the effects for 100 Tears. Oh, all right. 100 Tears was really good. Yeah. Same guy. All right. Well, I always say, I'm like, with that, I'm like, it's a work of art. It's you watch it, and it's like someone recreated, like, the human, you know, anatomy. But then with um, the second one, I... Blood Shock is the second American guinea pig. I believe. Blood, mm, sh- yes. 
Yeah, I always mess up. I always yes. want to say blood shot, not blood shock. No, it is blood but, shock. Yes. Yeah. But with that one, though, I'm like, no, I'm like, that movie is absolutely amazing. Like, the ending sequence, I always tell people, I'm like, the ending sequence is one of the most, like, beautiful things I've seen shot on, you know, like, shot in a movie. I'm sorry, like, blood, blood shock is actually the third one. Oh, it is the third one. The, yeah, and what's um, songs the of? That's the fourth one. That's the fourth one. What's the second one? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. I, I don't have sacrifice then. And then there's a fifth one coming out. Holy shit! Well, with blood shock though, it's like that one. I'm like, yeah, it's it's graphic. I'm like. But it's a movie that I actually say watch because there's more to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it I'm like, it's truly done so well. But yeah, if yeah. you don't like gore, you're gonna you're not gonna like it. I'm like, but I'm like, there's more of a message and shit to it. Like like it's it's so good. But I was wondering where you stood with like stuff like that. Like oh, I'm fine with extreme horror. So you're just waiting for that one that breaks you. Yeah. When I was a te- when I was a teenager, Cannibal Ferox came close. I I haven't seen Ca- Cannibal Ferox. I've okay. heard of it though. And after that, like Cannibal Holocaust was nothing. <laughs> They're basically the same movie, anyways, more or less. Oh, all right. Cannibal Holocaust. The only thing with with it that gets me. Is the fucking the animals? Yeah. Not, what gets me through? What gets me through the animals is knowing that after they killed them, they cooked them and fed them to the tribe. Yeah. That like knowing that helps a bit and all that, but that fucking turtle scene. Oh my yeah. god! I'm like even knowing like everything about it and stuff like that. Then finally watching the movie, the moment I saw the turtle, I'm like, here we go. And my yep. stomach was just like churning as I'm watching. I'm like, oh. but there's only been one movie, one movie that got my goat, and you're gonna laugh your ass off, and I know you're gonna. It's a new movie, What's and it that? it hit me. You know, I've watched Cannibal Holocaust, all the extreme mm-hmm. gore. I do fine with that. It just somehow just hit me on all the right fucking nerves. Please don't say Skinamarink. Fucking Skinamarink, dude. I wish my house would burn down with me in it when I was watching that movie. See, alright. Well, I went into it and I knew like it's supposed to be like a nightmare and all that. I'm like, you're not gonna see much. I'm like, you're gonna see walls and doors and that's about it. But something like... I was just like so zoned in in the movie theater and I was just like really watching it. And like with the static and all that, it was reminding me of when I was a little kid. Cause like I, as a little kid, I always thought I was seeing shit and all that. And Mm -hmm. I was an adult. It's like, I do work like I do pest control. So it's like, I'm in and out of crawl spaces and stuff. And I'm always like fearing. I'm like turning a corner in a crawl space and just seeing like a face there and stuff. Like it's, I have an overactive imagination, those senses. So like that movie just did something to me, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I know exactly why it tore the horror community in. (laughs) Oh yeah. 
Absolutely. And I un- I understand exactly why it gets the hate it gets. But to me, I'm like, no, this is the one movie that was like just prying at my fingernails, like getting up, trying to get underneath into me. I'm like, I don't care. People can laugh at me. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I try not to laugh at what people like because we like what we like. Yeah. Well, not so I much. May, I may tear a movie apart, but I don't disrespect the people that like it. Well, not so much that I liked it, but that it made me a crying little bitch. <laughs> right. But it's like whatever, whatever reaction you have yeah. to it. Yeah. I don't judge people. Like I, I understand why people love Hereditary, but I hate that movie so much. I still haven't seen it. And I've seen you multiple times in videos yeah. say like it's that in Midsummer. Like I haven't seen and like I know like those were other ones that were really kind of dividing people not so much as Skinamarink. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, it's I, I want to check them out. They're ones that are on the list that I, I'll get to eventually. <laughs> I don't know. I like I liked Midsummer the better the first time I saw it when it was called The Wicker Man. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is I should double feature Wicker Man to brush yeah. up on it, and then Midsummer. Yeah, it's. I always say though, it's you know being a wrestling fan. It's with all the promotions and the indie promotions and the access to things. Myself and so many others say it's such a beautiful time to be a wrestling fan. There's so much out there for everyone, mm-hmm. no matter what it's you like. like. Late, and it's, it's like the late 90s all over again. Yeah. And with horror, I feel like it's the same thing, like with how much indie horror there is now. Because it's, you know, there's indie movies of all sorts, but I feel like indie horrors, the prominent like genre like of indie filmmakers. I think that's because horror, like, let's be real, it's the easiest movie to make. Yeah. That or a even Hallmark a movie. That's because <laughs> there's only four scripts for Hallmark movies. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want to die in the movie? What family member or lover do you want to end up dying? <laughs> right. It's That's basically all those are. But, like, yeah, with horror, it's there's so much out there now and I love the hell out of it. Like mm-hmm. the fact that I saw a movie like skin or like terrifier two in theaters with the gore of terrifier two and all that. I'm like closest I've seen to that in a movie theater was probably like green inferno. Mm, trying to think of, I mean, I saw clown Nato in the theater. I wasn't lucky enough to see Clownado in a theater. <laughs> I mean, I think it only played in two. Yeah. It, but it's like, with that though, it's like still having like movies like that and everything that are starting to kind of be more accepted mm-hmm. and get these short runs in theaters. Like, and the Terrifier is like the craziest one to me because it was only supposed to be in for like, what, two weeks? That ended up running a month. Yeah, yeah. Month, two months. And like now the success of it and everything is like, holy shit. Like it's it's definitely a beautiful time to be a horror fan, especially one that's making indie horror films. And a movie like Stoner Snake 
is gonna I be think, a hit. <laughs> I think of right now is the best time if you're trying to get an indie film financed. Also, oh yeah, that it's with all like the like the kickstarters and everything too. Like, mm-hmm. it, there's so many. Like with Grandma, my buddy was just like, "Hey, this is like the, you know like a shot on video, just like paying ode to all like you know movies like that and stuff." I saw the like the mask and all that i'm like i'm sold there's a vhs option hell yeah i'm in yep like i had um steve steve Marillo on that did um ah, fuck M- missing the name right now uh sawyer massacre okay on it was like on youtube and stuff but he had a campaign for that with like a vhs i'm like yeah give me the give me the vhs like yeah, Sawyer Massacre was funding when I was still saving for a move, so I didn't get uh, on that one. But yeah, it's like just seeing, like, hearing his story with it. I think it, I think the funding failed maybe, I know once, maybe two times. Mm-hmm. But I think the second time it just made it, but they did another one to get it so he could come from Canada to shoot in Texas. Okay. So, like, the the last funding they did was to make sure it was shot actually in Texas. Right. But it's not like... In, not in Romania, like the newest Texas Chainsaw Massacre? That... I have a solve that. Texas Chainsaw is my favorite horror franchise. Despite how ridiculous they get. <laughs> but that one... There were scenes in it I loved, but at the same time, I'm j- I was just sitting there, kind of just head in my hand, but going, "What the hell am I watching?" Honestly, I didn't hate it. I I definitely didn't hate the kills. That bus scene, that bus scene's one of my top Texas Chainsaw scenes. First being the Oingo Boingo truck scene from Part Two in the beginning. The bridge, the, the yeah. five mile long bridge. <laughs> yep, the five mile long bridge. That is that is hands down my favorite scene in any horror movie. Okay, because it's it's got Leatherface, chainsaws, and it's got Oingo Boingo. <laughs> and, you got, and you got and a lot of people don't know this. A lot a lot of people don't know this, but during that scene, Leatherface is Tom Morga. Tom Morga. Yeah, the one that was. Uh, Jason in part five. Oh shit. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. He he's completely uncredited. Wow. But for that scene, that's the only scene in the movie he's in, but he is Leatherface in that scene. Huh. The more you know. Yep. Is it it's crazy too that like so many people like that, like, you know, go uncredited for like these big roles and everything. And I can sum up the worst scene in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise with three words. Do your thing, cuz. That movie. <laughs> All right. So I liked that movie for the sheer fact of once he noticed that she was family, that, you know, the saw is family, wouldn't harm a family member. Understandable. Mm-hmm. I was all for that. I'm like, awesome. It, you know, it sticks to the family aspect, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. But why the fuck did they put that line in there? 
do your thing, cuz I don't care how good looking she was. That was the that's my that might be the worst line in any movie ever. Not just horror, any movie. Do your thing, cuz. Oh my god. Yeah, that's I should have known I, that was I said three words, that's four, but whatever. What it's words that shouldn't have been in the movie. No, absolutely, especially <laughs> not in that order. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, you know, so many people were like, why didn't he attack her? Blah, blah. I'm like, because the Saul is family. That's why he saw, you know, I'm like, that's completely understandable. But that scene and just any scenes that are like, like any lines that are delivered like that in the movie, just the cold cam right to them and just silence. And then that a line of that caliber. Yep. No. No. So oh, we're in agreement that that's the worst. <laughs> yeah, that is. As I said, I, I there's things I love with that whole like I love each movie for different reasons. That I love the whole next generation more than I love that line. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, one of my top five favorite horror movies. It's so weird coming off like part one and then part three, one of the most underrated. I not, feel. A, not a huge fan, personally. There's questionable things with it, like how's a chainsaw run in a lake with no one holding it? That's a little funny. I would rather watch an overacting Matthew McConaughey. Touche. <laughs> I would rather watch Matthew McConaughey chew up so much scenery that I don't know how there was a set left. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I love Matthew McConaughey. I'm not a big fan, but I love him in that movie. He he is completely unhinged in that movie. I mean, he was start he was starting off his career. What did he have to lose? Yeah. And uh what was it? Renee Zellweger. Both of them like I forget yep. what movies they were both coming off of, like the success of, and that's when they're like, gotta release this chainsaw movie again. And then both of their agents are trying to sue to get their names taken off the uh, the box. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's such a good piece of lore, though. And the way I view, it, I'm like, if your name's on a movie, your name's in the movie. Yep. Like it's so so many people shit on like you know like Daredevil, the Daredevil movie with mm -hmm. Ben Affleck and all that. Uh, to me, I love it because it reminds me of the start of the Marvel movies and all that, and. You know, I could I can listen to Evanescence thirty times in a movie and be okay with it. It's whatever. It set the tone. But like so many people show, I'm like, hey, I'm like, look at all the people you had on board with that movie. I'm like, don't hate the people in it. Hate the script. Like, mm -hmm. that's the main thing with it. I'm like, hate if the you, studio that insisted that's the movie that come out. Yeah, I'm like, you had such top talent in this movie. I'm like, I I personally like daredevil but i don't know it's it's a funny world we live in especially now with the internet with uh the critiquing of movies and yeah. the shit some people say i love it though 
And it's cool too because it's like when you get people that could actually pinpoint things and make good conversation with it more so than all oh, the movie's terrible. Why? Because it sucks. Well, why does it suck? Because it's fucking terrible. Like when you get people that can actually like have a have a conversation about why the movie they think the movie's bad, and then people, you know, then it makes it fun. Because then it right. opens your eyes to things that, you know, time zones. What fucking time zone is it? <laughs> God damn it, I never thought of that. <laughs> I, I really didn't. Hitch a ride to our guest socials as we go for a little ego trip. Alright, Daryl. Well, I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on before we start to wrap this up. I think we've covered it all. Cool. Well, this is the time of the show where we take a little ego trip and you just plug away at your social medias. I'm going to get my phone ready to jot them down. So I remember to tag all of them in the description. And yeah, shall I say, um, do your thing, cuz? (laughs) so you can find me on uh instagram at uh mr meat hook if you look for mr meat hook on youtube you'll find it but that's not the the name of the channel anymore the name of the channel is now the we nerds because myself and my fiance do videos together and then on tiktok and uh, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. I am real Mr. Meat Hook because Mr. Meat Hook was already taken by someone. I don't know who. I want to find them and rectify that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, on threads, you can find on threads and Instagram, you can find the movie Stoner Snake Movie with five S's. And I believe that's it. Cool. And if there's an inst- if there's a social I'm forgetting about, then uh, it's going to be Mr. Meat Hook. <laughs> yeah. And with the other ones, they'll be able to find everything as well. Right. Everything's linked to it. Cool. And you can find me at Colt underscore sure underscore on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, at terror underscore tunes t-o-o-n-s underscore on facebook instagram and tiktok uh terrortunes.bandcamp.com is where there's music there's merch all stuff like that also streaming music on spotify apple amazon all that stuff under terror tunes t-o-o-n-s and that's about it thanks so much for coming on man it was a pleasure it's always great when i get to talk horror on this and this episode being a full just kind of horror episode was a lot of fun especially with all the recommendations yes thank you so much for having me on and you know maybe we can do this again when the movie's done of course man yeah whenever the movie's done i'd love to have you on and you know maybe do something uh either do it after i watch it to fully dive into the movie or do some sort of watch along type thing as well. You know, I'm down with either one. The world's our oyster. Exactly. <laughs> but all right, man, you take it easy. You too.
Playing us out on this week's episode of the Cultural Podcast is Tarantino's with their song, All American Massacre. Take the walk alive! 